Hi, this is Lauren Grisanti, and this is the Seven Directions podcast. My guest today is Jessica Goldfond, and she owns a company called The Shiny Squirrel, um, which is a New York-based PR and brand development agency. So Jessica is someone that was introduced to me by uh, another guest, Nicole Pivarito of Iris Iris. And I just really loved hanging out with her and learning about her story and kind of how this idea of this company came to be. Um, So Jessica works with emerging designers to help them get set up, how to run a business, everything from social media to time management to product development. And I loved her story about just really like hustling and, you know, how she found her market and how she saw a hole in the market um, for this type of service. And we not only talk about her company, but we go into a little bit around dating, which was super fun. She was very open with me about um, swiping, (laughs) I guess you can say. And uh, kind of some of her experiences around that. Um, And then also, we have a bonus clip at the end of the episode, which Jessica was just enlightening me around Thai massage, which um, I definitely want to try out now. So check it out. And if you like the podcast and you know, you want to tell me about it, please, you can find us now on iTunes. Uh, So rate the show, tell me what you think, send me an email, ciao at laurengrisanti.com or follow me on Instagram at 7 Podcast. So yeah, here we go. Thank you so much, Jessica. And episode five coming at you now. So it's like it's a fire sign. Can be a little much. Okay. Cool. Are we so, yeah. I okay. Just, yeah. Was it okay what I was saying? Yeah, yeah, no. Fire sign. They're into themselves. Yeah. Just talking about Leo's. So welcome Jessica to the Seven Directions podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. And I wanted you to be on the show because you have your own branding and PR company called The Shiny Squirrel. Um, which I wanted you to get into a little bit further. But before we do that, let's go over your background, kind of growing up in New Jersey and everything else. <laughs> it's, it's it's a retrograde right now. There's going to be things going on. Yeah, we're certainly. not going to control it. So yeah. you might hear some. <laughs> yeah, we're going to ease into this with grace. Um, cool. So, yeah. Okay. Um so my name is Jessica Goulfon. I have a PR and brand development agency in Soho, um, which I've had for nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, from New Jersey originally, uh, I went to school for art history at uh, Montclair State, and <laughs> Montclair State, yeah, for arts, right? Yeah, I went okay. to school for art history in Montclair State, okay. and I was. Uh, 
I really liked going, I, I applied for grad school and I didn't end up getting into grad school. I applied at FIT for costume restoration, mm-hmm. which was, you know, a blessing in disguise really. And when I, um, that was in, I graduated in 2005. And so I got kind of got out of school and I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I mm-hmm. went to Spain for two weeks and it was kind of a great, fun, eye-opening experience. And I came back and I was having kind of like a, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And mm-hmm. I was temping and it just really wasn't, nothing was really resonating. Right. And so my friend worked at this mid-level size Missy clothing company in Midtown. And she was like, there's an assistant account executive job opening. You should apply. And so I went in and I applied with this really wonderful woman and she saw a lot of potential in me. And so I ended up going and uh, I got the job with them. And I had always wanted to live in New York. Um, it was, you know, my family is from here. They're from Brooklyn and Long Island and yeah. they come from the manufacturing world. And I just always kind of knew that this was, I mean, I've been coming to the Lower East Side and with my friends since I was like 15, you know, like it was very much a part of my um, DNA. So I got this job in December of 2005. And this was really like your start in the fashion industry, This right? was my start in the fashion industry. Yeah. So I had, you know, I had always, I, maybe I was interested in fashion. It wasn't really like, I was always like kind of an art kid and I was always yeah. like kind of out there. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like late nineties, early two thousands. So totally. it was like, my hair was every color in high school and I wore black contacts and horns and yeah. like, I was class individualist. Like just some, I got my first tattoo when I was like 17. Like, wow. Was you know, it on St. Mark's? It was else. not. Oh, it's it actually <laughs> my mom gave it to me as my graduation present. Oh, is she an artist? She's not. She like she bought it for me. Oh, she, was, she yeah. bought it for you. Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like your like, mom gave you your first no. I was like, whoa, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm into my studio. No, it's um, time for your tattoo. <laughs> yeah, it's a rite of passage yeah. in my family. As a gold fawn, you must be tattooed. Yeah. Um, no, it was. Uh, I just remember having a, like a talk with her and be like, "Mom, I was always like a good kid. Like I was kind yeah. of like out there in terms of things that I liked." But I wasn't like, I never did drugs. I never drank. I didn't like date or any of those types of things. So it was like my mom, I was like, I really want to get a tattoo. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's like figure that out. Something you want and like whatever. And so that kind of started the train of like having many. Um, So I ended up getting this job and it was kind of, I remember being, getting on the bus and like being like, I have to move to New York. Like, how do I? you know, figure that out. And right. so um, you were commuting from New Jersey to New York. I was commuting from New, from New Jersey to New York on the bus every day. And uh-huh. It was a very like watching all these people kind of like be drones and kind of get on the bus and like fall asleep. And then kind of, you know, it was like, I knew that I wanted to move to New York. And yeah. so I was like, by August 1st, I'm going to move wherever that means. And I always thought I would live in Manhattan and Brooklyn kind of like through a friend that kind of came up and I moved to Williamsburg and I've been there ever since. Mm-hmm. And I like it a lot. Um, so I moved to, I moved to Brooklyn, uh, August of 2006, but pre- about four months before that, I had started a blog called the shiny squirrel. And that's kind of where everything evolved. So from. that was like the infancy. That was the your, infancy. Yeah. It was, it was really the early stages of all of that. Like we didn't have iPhones. You didn't have social media. Like it was basically like, there was like design sponge and there was a couple of other 
sort of designy blogs. And I remember just doing stuff about fashion and art and I was always very visual. So that, I think that's like why mm-hmm. Instagram really resonates with me is like, I'm not a writer. So, but yeah. like creating these sort of storyboards. And I remember too, like as a kid, I used to always buy, we used to go to this like Japanese market in Edgewater, New Jersey uh-huh. called uh, Johan Plaza. It's called Mitsuo now, but I used to buy those magazine fruits and stuff again. I used to always cut yeah. all these things. And I have all, I wonder if they're in my mom's house. I have no idea at this point. She saves a lot like of collages, so, like all these collages of like fashion stuff. So it's, yeah. I'd love to see them again because they were so, it's like what I would do. I would just like make all these fashion collages and art things. And mm-hmm. um, that's why like, I feel like Pinterest and some of these other things are really like, resonate with me because yeah. I love doing people are like I don't like doing social media I was like I love it yeah I mean yeah. I feel the same way with writing like sometimes I'm like I don't know if this makes sense to anyone else other than myself in my head mm-hmm. but I feel like images or pictures or art people always resonate with so it's right. much easier to kind of like say oh I love this I want to share it right and that's what Completely. Instagram gives you it gives you like this platform not only to share something but to like find other kind of things that resonate with you and that you're like oh I want to see where this person is from yeah exactly so I started that blog and then I remember thinking like what am I gonna do with any of this my job is I just remember thinking I don't want to remember when I'm 85 years old that I had a good Macy's account so I remember being like (laughs) what what does that mean like you just like well got a lot of we, good sales so, on me. Yeah. So okay. like my accounts, so I worked in the division of this company, um, in their department stores. Okay. So we sold, so they have a private label and they sold to like Macy's, Learn Taylor, um, Nordstrom's and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just knew that this really sales in that capacity was not for me mm-hmm. and that I knew that I wanted to accomplish a lot more in my life. And I've always yeah. been somebody who, was a very like independent spirit. And since I was like 13 years old, I was like, I'm going to open an art gallery. And, um, it was funny because when I did open my online art gallery, so many people I went to high school with were like friends from high school. I don't really talk to. They were like, you were saying when you were younger that you were going to open that. Yeah. Um, it's almost like this was the first Etsy before Etsy was like, a oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, no. And so, and it's interesting because what my company is ultimately evolved into from that art gallery is really finding my client base are emerging designers who really are potentially really great designers or people with just a really good idea. And I kind of help them to flush out like how to build a business. Now I do a lot with social media, uh-huh. um, t- you know, time management is really important all of these sort of things. So it's like, giving someone the tools to actually making like something successful. So it's almost like it's like business development and strategy for an artist that like, if you think about a lot of people that are artists, like Mm -hmm. organization and time management are not things that they're very good at. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. It's a huge problem. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I I started the blog and then I was like, I'm going to open an online art gallery. Mm -hmm. And so I started to do that. And, um, some of it was centered around this guy that I had met via our blogs. He was from South Africa and he kind of like designed stuff for me. And we had this like love affair and then it crashed and burned as things happen when you're 24. Um, and then 2008 happened and the economy went to shit. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Like no one was even buying a $40 print anymore. Um, so I was like, I remember being in my apartment that I have now, which is this amazing, like, rent-stabilized place in Williamsburg, and I remember thinking, like, you know, I want to get out of my job, 
but I don't come from any money. And there was, my mom was like, you can move home. And I was like, that's never going to happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, thank you, mom. Yeah. Lovely offer. (laughs) I would rather eat glass. So I'm not going to do that. And my place is so affordable, but at the time it was really expensive for me and I didn't Mm -hmm. want to get a roommate. I mean, you can't really in those railroads. Um, so I remember thinking like, I kind of had like a come to Jesus moment in my apartment. I was talking to my mom and she always calls me the connector. Yeah. And so I was, and she always calls me like, I'm like a shark. Like I never stopped moving. Uh huh. So I was like, I like swimming forward, always swimming forward, always kind of. So at the time, like I had, you know, i kind of was phasing out the art gallery. I started writing, like doing small interviews with emerging brands. Um, mostly it was kind of just the beginning of that, like Brooklyn designery thing. Yeah. Where, like, all of a sudden we had this huge made in Brooklyn. Made in yeah, Brooklyn thing. yeah. So I started to meet all these jewelry designers and I would interview them for things like flavor wire and some other websites. Mm-hmm. And what I was finding was they had no idea. And this was just at the beginning of Twitter and some of these other things. Mm-hmm. And this was before the iPhone, which I think came out in 2010, but it was like, no one really knew how to use any of these things and no one could afford to be in a big showroom that was going to charge them $5,000 a month. Yeah. And so I started to see that there was a hole in the market for an affordable PR company for emerging brands. Mm -hmm. And it was just in that sort of like maker moment. And I was like, there's this whole, and it was just kind of when Etsy was starting too. Yeah. So it was like, you know, if you think about the structure of, of designers in terms of a pyramid, like there are so many more people at the bottom to work with who don't have that much money. There's mm-hmm. way less. If I was charging $10,000 a month, there's way less people for me who have literally no background in this. Mm-hmm. So I was working for this company. So I was still working with a fashion company and I decided like this was in uh, August, 2009. I was like, I'm going to launch a PR company. Yeah. So you were doing this project on the side while you were still yes. at the So I worked my job yeah. the whole thing, still at a blog. Um, I knew that I had no kind of, I knew that I wanted to keep my apartment mm-hmm. and I knew that I needed some sort of structure and some sort of money. So I was like, I'm going to get myself fired. Mm-hmm. So I had, a, I had a few clients, but I was like, I'll work for you for a hundred dollars. Like just, you know, yeah. just to get the foot in the door with, because and working with people because like, I had no background in this. Like I had nothing to go with. Like I never right. worked for a PR company before. I was just going on what I felt like. Yeah. Like you had a feeling that this was going to work because you knew that there was a market for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And my philosophy has always been no matter what, even to this day is like, even if you don't work with me now, you will work with me in the future. Mm-hmm. And they all do. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just about having confidence and knowing that like I was in it for the long game and I had the patience to be like, you know, there were people who took risks on me mm-hmm. and that was great. So, um, and then what ended up happening was I had been promoted to assistant to the president and he was just for a long time. He just like stopped talking to me. Like, I think mm-hmm. he wanted me to quit or the like, key, you know, there was a lot of, he saw a lot of potential in me, but he didn't foster in a way that was working, you know, working for any corporate company, they don't value their employees at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would have to beg for a 3% raise opposed to like, yeah. you know, them evaluating what I'm offering to the team. It's insane, you know, and, but, but then they want you to work harder. Like, oh, I should work harder for you, even though you're not valuing me at all and everything that I'm bringing to the table. So I totally get what you're saying. And like, it just, it sucks to like, 
fight for something as you're right. watching like money maybe bleed out of another part of the company. Totally. And you're just like, oh, yeah. like I see what's happening. And I like at the time of being there, like I watched this other girl get like promoted ahead of me and she was garbage at her job, but she like the company was built on nepotism. So like her mother was somebody's friend and like mm-hmm. she went to UPenn. So all of a sudden that was like much more impressive than, than where I was coming yeah. from, which I, who gives a fuck? But yeah. like, but you the know, story is like you want it out. You yeah. Want I want it out. out. So I told my old boss who I still talk to, to tell my new boss, the president that he should let me go. Mm-hmm. And she was like, is that really what you want? And I said, totally. I want, them to fire me. I want my cover health insurance and my unemployment. Mm-hmm. So it took about six months. And finally, four years to the day, of course, right before they were supposed to give me a bonus, uh, he brings me into his office and he's like, Jessica, I think we're going to have to let you go. And I remember saying to him, well, it's been real. And I just like got up and it was the most liberating moment yeah. of my life. I remember going into the, my office and like just cleaning up a few things. And this girl comes in, she was new and asked me, question about production and I just turned to her and I was like I don't work here anymore and she was like uh and I was like no it's fine it's great it's amazing (laughs) I love everything that's happening you're like I'm leaving I'm leaving and I never have to come here again (laughs) so I knew after I left I was like I just need to like hit the ground running I need to figure this shit out um you know, I started to get recommended so how I deal a lot with jewelry and accessories I've expanded much more in the last nine years but the jewelry and accessories was really like just getting recommended over and over to different people in Brooklyn and Mm -hmm. New York. And one of the major things that started to happen was I figured out contacts. I figured out the contacts. I would just do literally trial and error for Condé Nast and Hearst publications. Mm -hmm. And I would just, my whole thing was like, I'm just going to email them until they respond to me. Yeah. And that's basically how I built my list. Yeah. So you built like a outreach list Mm -hmm. of contacts. What type of contacts? Like people that were editors, editors, stylists. I would Mm -hmm. go through Nylon Magazine and Google people. And then I would reach out to them via their website Mm -hmm. or one of the few key things that I, I valued was, okay, I need to open a showroom in Manhattan because nobody's mm-hmm. coming to Brooklyn to pull product from me, which means like take it to a shoot so it can get shot for a magazine. Right. So I needed to find something in New York, but you know, I don't come from any money. So I didn't have anything saved either. So right. I was like, okay, I need to figure that out. Second thing was working with stylists was the way to get jewelry into magazines because mm-hmm you know, it's much easier to get a small designer into Vogue than it is to get a clothing designer into Vogue Mm. because most of the time what's in those magazines is what they're buying in advertising. Oscar de la Renta is buying a whole advertising budget and part of it, they get an editorial or something. Right. Right. And then the third thing was I need to working with the assistants was really where is how you get to the bigger stylists. Cause they're really the people that are doing a lot of the They shopping. do all the polls in the and market. They the they're the ones who introduce the, you know, the, the stylist. And mm-hmm. it was really about being nice, being accommodating, coming in when you, I don't really have to come in on the weekends anymore, but like, you know, honestly, like if Beyonce's, they want something, you jump. Like yeah. that's just the way it works. Yeah. I remember the first time we worked with her team, like I was carrying the stuff to, you know, where their office was. Like I didn't have a messenger service at the time. So I was like, I'll just go. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, like you're just, you're doing all that sort of stuff. And then they're like taking it from you, like through a door, like you're trying to peer in and like, they're just like, you're a pedestrian. Thank you. Yeah. You can leave. Exactly. They didn't say thank you. They're like, yes. 
pedestrian leave now. The fact that you even know where we are is scary. Um, So I ended up, um, I kind of hit the ground running and I ended up meeting this other showroom that was like, do you want to open a space inside of our space? And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. they weren't charging me a ton. I like transfer that, you know, my clients like charge them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up opening a space on Mott street Okay, and it was good not necessarily the right people. Yeah. But I was always, I've always felt like one thing that's kept me going this entire time is like, I am my own ship mm-hmm. and I am continually moving forward on my own little ship. No matter if it, it maybe it sometimes it has a motor and sometimes I'm just <laughs> rowing with an oar and sometimes it's a canoe and other yeah. times it's whatever. But yeah. um, I've tried to partner over the years with people and different projects and different other things. And it just, the level of the, I just don't feel like up until this point with, with some of the projects I'm working on now, actually. Yeah. Um, I just haven't been able to meet people with the level of commitment or like, they don't really recognize like the value yeah. of what I'm bringing to the table. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of ego that comes with partnering with someone. And I find, I found that kind yeah. of hard. I don't really have those types of things. Like, um, so I opened the showroom and then some shit happened and I ended up like moving with this other space and having a space on Elizabeth street for three years. And it was never my own. It was yeah. always like their space. I was like literally opening Tupperware containers. It's like the director, the fashion director from L was like in my space trying to pull something. Yeah. I was like opening Tupperware containers and like trying to show her something. And I was like, this is the most yeah. jacked way to do things. So you were sharing the space with other people yes. as well. Like, so there was okay. a, there's a whole, showroom that does uh they were they were doing outdoor wear okay. they still exist yeah and they were renting a space to me but it was fine because i had there were perks to working there to having my space there mm-hmm. but ultimately what ended up happening was i was like i need to find my own my own space and i always shied away from like the real estate of it and like invest you know like you know the space i'm in now they have like eight thousand of my dollars just like I don't know what they're doing with it. They're clearly not putting it into an account where it's going to gain interest. It's just like sitting somewhere. We're right. gone. Um, but I ended up, my friend's friend had an a office in the, in the space that I'm, the building I'm in now, which is on Broadway between Bond and Bleecker. Mm-hmm. And he was going to become a creative director at, at this big fashion label and he wanted to get out of the space. So I moved in there. And I've been in that building. I moved since, but in that, within that building, it's a really nice, space it's a good location whatever and i've been there for five years awesome so and then where is this space the, it's on broadway between on broadway. so it's in that same building okay um it's really well maintained it, my space is very small it's 350 mm-hmm. square feet um i have 25 clients i mainly deal in jewelry and accessories but i've really mm-hmm. launched into like a lot more clothing now a lot more of like other categories mm-hmm. and the business has really expanded beyond what it was you know, I built this list from, from nothing. Right. From basically, like you said, Googling people's names mm-hmm. and like seeing their names in magazines yeah. and looking them up and kind of like hustling. It, it was, it was, yeah. a, it was a complete hustle and it continues to be like that. I think one of the things I've learned along the way was you can't, whatever people see on the outside it's really not what's happening going yeah, on. Yeah, that's inside. like the finished product with a bow on it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I like wipe the veneer. It looks beautiful. <laughs> and then on the inside, yeah. it's like, ah, you know, like <laughs> it's constantly screaming. <laughs> but 
you know, there's been, there's definitely been trial and error along the way about like what's worked. I think that ultimately what's happening right now for my business is probably the biggest kind of machine groove, which is enabling me to start some of these other projects that I'm working on in terms of like the wellness spiritual world. Right. Um, which we'll get into in a, in a few minutes of like awesome. how you kind mm-hmm. of entered into the mes- yeah. metaphysical. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Metaphysical. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so, you know, I think that the fact that it's become, you know, in the past nine years I've established myself, you know, it, it doesn't hurt that I have a small space with a low lease. Like I never, I never got bigger than what I could really honestly take on for myself. Right. You know, I see these other PR companies or other places and they're opening these like $10,000 a month spaces with brands. I mean, the fashion industry is changing so much with any other consumer good industry. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I'm working on is like, how do I, like I used to do a lot of sales. So I used a lot of trade shows. And mm-hmm. so the sales of complete, I mean, I still do them. I still sell like urban and free people and Nordstrom's, but that has totally changed with the internet and social media and this, this ability to sell direct to customer and all these stores have closed. And so I really shifted in terms of like PR has always been my major thing and social media and brand mm-hmm. development. Yeah. That's always been my strongest part. Right. Like, people ultimately want me to do their sales, but I'm always like, we need to build the press. We need to build the brand recognition mm-hmm. and brand awareness. And that's really what I'm kind of doing right now. Right. Um, so what is my main focus? Yeah. So what does your process look like to do that? For example, what mm-hmm. is one designer that you work with and when they came to you, what did they have? What didn't they mm-hmm. have? And then how did you rework their branding and everything sure. to then get them to where they are? So a lot of, um, I've kind of restructured in the last year in terms of like a three pack, three tiered package system. Uh-huh. So I help people with different thing, different portions of that. Right. And so like a brand will come to me and they'll have like one collection. And so I will, you know, throughout the month that we work together, I, I have a contract for a certain amount of time. I'm on retainer, but mm-hmm. um, I, you know, the chef comes in the showroom and it goes out on shoots. I pitch it out to like, all the Conde Nast and Hearst publication and independent. I'll pitch it out to like celebrity stuff and then we'll go over, um, collection of brand development. So we'll go over like what, what is trending. So I like mm-hmm. go through all the shows and I do a lot of trend forecasting for my clients. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of them, they wear a lot of different hats. So, they're not as some of them are super into it mm-hmm. and other people are really they're makers and they kind of stay within their own lane. And that's why they hire me as well to kind of right. be a sounding board for them. I work with, I'm not averse to working with men. I've had male clients, but like right now I work with all women. Yeah. And it's mostly like the woman comes to me, she's wearing so many hats. She's a, uh, you know, she's kind of reached the tipping point of like trying to get the, she's done everything she possibly can. Right. Or she doesn't know how to like build a social media following. She doesn't know how to like, she just needs someone else there to kind of help and guide her and be like just a a voice to kind of help them. So, you know, I do that as well. And then now I've done a lot, I'm working on this sort of, um, I'm doing consulting with people and I'm doing a monthly subscription service, which is another thing I'm starting to offer where it's basically a business email that goes out once a month. Mm -hmm. What I found that is the 
one of the biggest issues with working with small designers or is their time management skills. And they're also yeah. their, um, sort of lack of knowledge of the calendar mm-hmm. and what they should be doing or, or what is going on. And I think that ultimately how to build a brand nowadays is yeah. to understand that calendar and also to understand culturally what is going on. So like, if you're going to build a collection, you have to remain relevant because of the internet and social media of what's happening around in the world. You know, like we're about to go into midterm elections. Mm -hmm. So one of the emails I sent out to my clients was people want to buy t-shirts and pins and shit to wear during the midterm elections. Do you want to be the, like I have a great brand based out of Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And they made like a ton of girl power shirts yeah. that like are huge sellers for them. Right. And it was great during like the me too movement. And, mm-hmm. and I don't, I think that it's just, it's remaining culturally relevant, which I think a lot of people, they just want to make what they want to make. Right. Which I think is fine. But if you want, to be profitable. If and you want to be yeah. profitable, yeah. if you want the magazines to want you, like earrings are a huge trend. Mm-hmm. I have clients that don't have any earrings. And I'm like, I'm not saying that you need to like make what Celine is making, but understand that you're not going to necessarily be yeah. as um, culturally or you're not going to be as viable as a brand if you're not kind of being, seeing what's going on around you. Right. So I try to help my clients in that sort of way. Um, and one of the other things that I found, so I started teaching some workshops as well. Um, and this just started recently, which is how it kind of segues well into like the metaphysical stuff. Um, was I was teaching these workshops about building collection and they, a lot of them are, um, I've taught two of them so far. I'm going to actually be going to Austin in, um, November and teaching one at my friend has a store there and also potentially at Bumble, which is kind of funny. Oh, the uh, dating app? Bumble? Yeah, the dating app because they oh, have like a business <laughs> component. So like they're interested, I guess, in doing more like events. Yeah. And be like, let me tell you about Bumble. <laughs> be like, this is what your app is like. So I was teaching these workshops and yeah. basically I started to hear a lot of women talk about like, they didn't like, I think you no know, matter how empowered you are as a woman, no matter how you how you feel there's still this underlying feeling sometimes where it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to nag them. I don't want to email them too much. Like how much is, you know, I want, I have a bunch of people ask me like, well, you know, if buyers ask me questions about myself, like how much is too information? I don't like to talk about myself. Yeah. And I just thought like, honestly, like would a man ever give a fuck about any of those things? Right. Like he wouldn't. <laughs> men don't ever, I think have that filter of like, am I Completely. being, Am I not being nice enough right. or am I not being like, I mean, I you know, continue to email until you fucking told him no. Totally. And then three months later he would fucking email again and say like, Oh, I thought maybe you would still want this. Right. And I remember th- like listening to these women and being like, they need tools for empowerment. They need tools mm-hmm. to like find their voice. Like we have, you know, one of the major things, especially in the metaphysical stuff that I like to do is like, I think ritual is so important. Um, in whatever you're doing, you don't have to sit down and be a witch and light a candle, but you can do some sort of moving meditation and that you can, you can connect to that and, or even mantras, even if you find them a slightly cheesy, I think that they can have, they can resonate back to you. So, um, one of the ways I segued into now this sort of metaphysical thing, besides Mm -hmm. like, I've always been interested in it was, um, listening to these women talk and thinking like, 
they're real. like, I'm not interested in like the love component of it. I'm not, you know, like I'm not here to find you like a relationship. Right. What I would like to do is take all of my knowledge of how to build a business and be successful from the last nine years of doing it, or even 12 years from having the blog and kind of help you to apply it to like whatever you want to do with your life. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's really great because I feel like a lot of people go to school or they go to business school. And then when you get out of it, it's like the only experience that you're actually getting applying it is through the people that you're working with. Mm -hmm. And based on your story before, it's not always the case where you have great mentorship or Mm -hmm. someone that really shows you how things are done well. Or if you're in an industry that's predominantly male and you're expected to kind of like do things a certain way that don't really resonate with you. I think it's great that you're giving people those tools and that offering. Yeah, no. And I, you know, it's funny. I was, um, I've tried to, like I said, I've tried to partner with a bunch of different people on, um, over the years to open other things and it mm-hmm. just kind of never evolved. And I remember that a lot of these other people that have come from like more structured backgrounds, they've had like mentors. Like I never had any of those things. Like yeah. there was no one, like I didn't, I didn't have a PR background. I had not, I social media is so even to this day is so it's still so fresh. So I think what happens with a lot of people is they don't realize that there's so much opportunity out there and there's so many tools, Yeah. but you have to figure out how it works for you. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of building a business is perseverance, being resilient and it's having patience Yeah. and knowing that like, you just literally need to get it every day with no expectation of what the results are going to be and fucking plug at it. And eventually this sort of, I often think of it like, you know, just putting drops of water in a, in a glass. So eventually it will tip, like eventually yeah, the water will be flow a over. Point. There'll yeah. be a tipping point. And I often too, like, so over the course of, of nine years, I remember being like, when I, you know, when I get my client in the New York times, like that's going to be the thing, you know, that's the ultimate. Yeah. Right? And then it happened. And then the next day happens. You know what I mean? Like, I think you have to enjoy the process. I think that people put, I have a lot of clients who come to me with these delusions of grandeur. They hear one story of like, oh, I, this person had one collection and then they met the buyer from Barney's and now they made this. And it's like, yeah, that's a unicorn. Yeah. That's a story. That's a, that's a myth that maybe, maybe is half true. You don't know what the end of that story is. Mm -hmm. The end of that story is they made, they sold $30,000 with the product at Barney's. It didn't sell. They got a return to vendor and now they're not in business anymore. Right. Like what everyone hears is what they want to hear. Um, opposed to being like, you know what stories you don't hear? I work 10 years every single day and never like, you know, and I'm still fifty thousand dollars in debt. Like, yeah. like that's you know, like that's that's the reality. That's the reality for most people. Yeah, and like, yeah. oh, I've enjoyed. I've been able to live in New York, and I travel all the time, and I, you know, have my like all of those things. I think that what they see is like some person in Greece doing all these other things and not being uh-huh. like not actually working. It's like, yeah. Are you like living or are you doing this for like that, like lifestyle? Or are you really right. doing this because you really love what exactly. you're Exactly. And I think, you doing. know what, there's merit in both of those things. Yeah. If I came from a lot of money and I could go to Greece <laughs> right now, that I mean, would be who amazing. Want, who wouldn't want to who go to Greece? Who wouldn't want to? Like I'm, I'm very open universe. <laughs> Whatever you want to provide, I am here for this. And what I've learned through like, even my looking at my own astrological chart is like, nothing comes for me that does not work that is not work 
oriented. Like I got to right. work for it. Right. And it'll come back. I have some good luck in my chart. Mm-hmm. You know, I have Jupiter, which is the planet of like good luck and expansion and good fortune sitting next to uh, Uranus, which is the planet of like spontaneous events and electricity. And it's sitting in my second house of personal wealth and mm-hmm. finance and self-worth. So I feel like it comes in and then it miraculously leaves, you know, which, you know, it's great, but it can be, yeah. Yeah. So stable. Which planets are really good to have in your chart and which planets cause a little bit of hiccups? I so guess. one of the things with astrology that is really, it's really all how you, it's all how you work with it. Yeah. So I have a sat. I so Saturn is the planet that deals with karma and uh-huh. limitations and restrictions. It's uh, you know there's that common thing of like the Saturn return. Yeah. So basically, it's like when Saturn takes twenty like 20 to 30 years to go around. And so like usually what happens by the time you're between 28 and 30, your Saturn return will come and it'll basically blow up your life. Mm. And you'll, a lot of people make very strong changes and decisions. It could be a quarter life crisis. It could be any of those things like, you know, I think it's happening more and more. And I think the reason Saturn return is probably such a common, like Mercury retrograde is like a common thing Mm -hmm. is because where our parents and our grandparents generation got out of college and they basically did whatever they did in college or vocational school for the next 40 years, even if they didn't like it. Yeah. Now it's like people go to school for one thing, you get out and you're like, I tried this for three years and I'm not interested in it anymore. Yeah. Or that career doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. or the economy is different. We're moving towards more of a freelance economy or entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So I think like, Saturn can be difficult for people because it's really asking you to do work. It's asking you to work with the limitations and to understand, you know, everybody wants that sort of expansive Jupiter, good luck, good fortune energy that, that is excessive. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be told like, well, if you really want to make money, you have to like work or you would have to like, maybe that thing that you want to do has to be put off until this other thing happens for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, the good planets like Jupiter can be really great. Planet. And Venus is also a really nice planet because it's, it's money and it's love and it's relationship and it's, it's kind of beauty. Um, you know, Pluto is an outer planet that is the, the furthest planet. And that really is about, um, it's the longest, it's because it's the furthest planet. It takes the longest time to, it's more generational. Okay. So it takes the longest time to move around. So, uh, you know, when it, these, the, tra- the transits that happen around Pluto can be kind of impactful. So usually in everyone's chart, mm-hmm. Pluto will square your natal Pluto okay, between 36 and 39. So a lot of people go through really transformative times during that kind of time period. 36 or 39. Yeah. Okay. And the square is like, um, it's a hard aspect. It's like, uh, there's friction. Okay. So, you know, I think you know, Pluto is the planet that deals with death and destruction and, um, but it's also the planet that from that is, is transformation. Mm -hmm. So you're, you know, anything can be, there's an easy way to do things. Right. And there's also a way to do things that require you to grow. And that's really what it's about. It's about using these sort of harder moments in life to like lessons and growth. Yeah. And I think that's so true. It's like, sometimes life is like, okay, I want you to run into the fire. So you get Mm -hmm. so fucking burns that like, you don't do this again. And Mm -hmm. you really go towards the thing that is right for you. Well, I think also like if everything, 
so this kind of goes back to like how I got back into the metaphysical. Yeah. So like I was always interested in the occult and tarot and all that stuff when I was younger. I mean, right. my mom used to take me like moon circles. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, it was cool. Like yeah. Richmond, New Jersey, there was this store, which I don't remember the name of it. We went to a couple of things and like my mom has all these like Wicca books and it's, you know, she's love like her. positive. Way. Yeah, we love her. She's an Aquarius. <laughs> they're super weird. Um, yeah, she's kind of out there. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up, um, I went through a breakup. Um, I lived with my ex <laughs> for four years. Uh, we broke up in October 2015. Okay. And so I kind of went into 2016. So at the time, um, I had a showroom in LA for two years. My friend had a space out there uh-huh. and I decided to open it because I wanted to do more TV and film work with celebrity stylists. Yeah. And, um, so you were by coastal those two years? Kinda? Sort of. My best friend lived out there okay. and she kind of ran it. She was going through an in-between phase in terms of like what she wanted to do with her life. Okay. So she was like, you know, you can open it here and whatever. And she ran yeah. it. Um, it was fine. We ended up doing way more TV and film in New York and she there, she's from Detroit. So her and her husband ended up moving back to Detroit. And okay. so I was like, you know, there's other things I want to focus on, which kind of related back to what I'm like the metaphysical stuff that I yeah. was like, I don't want to stretch myself and have to worry about all the moving components of being in LA. Um, I don't like it out there that much. Yeah. And that, it just, it seemed like a lot of headache when I really was trying. So the last almost three years, I really kind of brought the center of the shiny squirrel back to like the shiny squirrel. It became, right. It's yes, obviously it's always about like the clients and getting press and all this other stuff. But now I'm really coming back to like what the core of what I'm trying to do. And so one of the things that I've really that goes back to the metaphysical and these workshops was what is the common denominator that I'm trying to, and I don't think a lot of people ask these questions of themselves or their businesses. Yeah. And I think one of the common denominator, when you look at my business is like, it's about time management. It's about empowerment. It's Mm -hmm. about, um, making a plan and understanding the calendar. And like Mm -hmm. that actually can be applied. It doesn't have to be to like a jewelry designer that can be to a realtor or that can be to like, any sort of business. Yeah. So that's really what I'm working through now through like my rebranding and yeah, that sort of thing. So I went through this breakup and I went into 2016 and I was like, I just remember being in my office and being unhappy. Mm. And I was like, not just because my relationship was over, but more of like, like you wanted to explore something different. Exactly. Yeah. And also I had shed a couple of friends and there was like, there was just 2016, 17 was a, fucking hard year for everybody yeah um you know it's still it's we're still still dealing with it yeah sociopolitically there's a lot going on um but I remember thinking like I am in my office in Soho I built this business from nothing yeah you know I'm doing well like I shouldn't be unhappy I can be uncomfortable and things can be hard yeah I shouldn't like genuinely dread going to my office Right, right so I kind of was trying to build greater community around myself and make more friends because a lot of my friends had left over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of New York can be a very transitory place. Totally. And I had shed a couple of people that were just not adding anything to my life. And I remember I just picked up, I started going to classes again of like, there's a lot, you know, spirituality is having this huge, I think ultimately they're having resurgence. I think because, people don't want organized religion anymore, but spirituality is still, they're, they're looking for answers mm. and they're looking for connection Yeah, um, to kind of explain either consciously or subconsciously, like what is happening in the world. 
Right. Because it is. Or like connecting what they're feeling. Exactly. Exactly. We're being asked more and more to like express ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so how do we do that with community and, you know, a lot of like astrology and tarot, I just remember I was walking around McCarran Park talking to my mom on the phone. And I remember thinking, you know, I was having another moment. So I was with my mom on the phone. And I remember thinking, like, I either need to go to therapy or I need better coping mechanisms to deal with, like, the demand from clients. Like, everyone just felt like, and sometimes this happens, but, like, a lot of sometimes I feel like I'm a wet towel that I'm being wrung dry. Yeah. And, like, they're just, they're literally trying to squeeze... Every every drop drop out of me. And I'm Uh like, you know, and so I was like, I need one of the reasons I got into astrology and tarot again was because astrology really helps you to understand the energy flow and like the transits that are going on to understand that like this too shall pass. Like right now, like today is a full moon lunar eclipse. Like, you know, some people are feeling really emotional. Um, It depends on where it's hitting in your chart. Also just like who you are as a person. But it was like, it was understanding that and yeah. sort of being like, okay, I can work with this. And through doing those things, I met other people that were more in line with what I was mm-hmm. feeling at the moment. And it really like, there's something in it that just like clicked with me. Yeah. Where it was like, I literally, the way I speak is different now. The way I think about things is different. And it mm-hmm. all is through this lens. It's not this woo woo kind of whatever. It's this very practical lens of like, working with these man if you want to manifest certain things the best way to do that is to look at your chart to see where like you know new moons are all about planting new seeds for growth but if you're if the new moon that's coming up is sitting in your fourth house which is like home and ancestry mm-hmm. and all you want is a relationship mm-hmm. work with the energy that's being provided for you in your chart not being like I'm just going to keep going after that relationship even though yeah don't you, force an outcome it don't force an outcome yeah so that's kind of how I got back into like the metaphysical world. It's been amazing ever since, you know, mm-hmm. I've met so many incredible people. Yeah. Um, it's really been like such a tool. There's so much out there now. And I think because of the internet and because of social media, you can connect on a far deeper level with people. Right. You know, a lot of people use say that social media is like people are on their phones and they're disconnected from other people. But I've met so many people that have become in-person friends where, you know, I never yeah. would have met them like, yeah. you know, before. Or even maybe even learned that you were interested in all exactly. of this without yeah. social media. Exactly. Yeah. It's been, it's been such a beautiful thing for me. Yeah. And so kind of where I'm at now is because of these workshops and because of sort of coming really to terms with what my business is at the base level, mm-hmm. um, I'm launching an, uh, like it's both an online and like a appointment only um, curated shop called the spiritual toolkit. And that'll be okay. open. Probably it's going to be in my office. Okay. So it's like this very tight little space, which I feel like is very appealing. It's yeah. like, I mean, I'm listening to this room. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to work with what you have. Yeah. You got to work. With so it's have. like uh, this tiny mystical shop in an office building in Soho. And the things that I have there that I have there now, and I'm building more is like candles and crystals and talismans and amulets and like, um, more divination tools, but then also some, you know, just really like things that have to do with building career, building business and empowerment. Um, that's the major focus of it. Yeah. And just things that are really to remind you on a daily basis of like how to connect deeper yeah, and how to continue to move forward. I think that's one of the problems that people have is that they, 
they give up too early. You know, they do something mm-hmm. for six months and it's, it's not getting that result that they've kind of created in their mind. That's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And then they just stop and it's like, yeah, totally. And I think like you see a lot of people that have like a huge following on social media or mm-hmm. they're getting all of the right press. But at the end of the day, like you don't know how long that they were working to get to that Absolutely. point. It might've been a year, two years, three years. And now everything is just coming for them. So Completely. yeah. I also think like everybody should be on their own path. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't know what they have to do to maintain that sort of thing. And also like, you just have to like enjoy what you do and it will not seem like work. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, like the last last nine years have been like, Oh fuck. Okay. Like I, you know, yeah, I remember working at that company for four years cause I fucking hated it. And like, <laughs> remember every like shitty email yeah. in the last nine years. I'm like, wait, what happened? Oh, okay. Like, I don't remember that part. It's like breeze by. Yeah. So what I, I feel like the company is really, evolving into what I kind of want it to be, um, you know, between opening the store and then I'm working on a couple of products. So that's kind of how I met Nicole right. and we're doing, um, we met through a mutual friend, this tarot reader, Lindsay Mack, who's just yeah. incredible. And, uh, you know, she approached me about doing this astrological calendar, which is the 2019 Chroma calendar. Mm-hmm. And she, it was, it's based on, um, the astrological transits, um, and then with her knowledge and experience in color and design and yeah. theory, because she's an art director and incredible at it. And it just kind of, she's the first person I've ever worked with on a joint project. That's like actually worked. Yeah. You know, like we both came to it, like with a level of like, I do PR and sales for her Oracle deck. Yeah. So we've been doing really well with it. So yeah. museums and great stores and, right. um, she has such a strong aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, this is the first product, which is scary for me a little bit to like put out there as like uh-huh. my own is like, a you know, I do a lot of readings for people and I do tarot readings for people, yeah. but either I don't charge or it's very minimal. Yeah. So are you going like, to start charging them? Um, so? I do charge a little bit, Yeah. but I actually like giving something away for free. The astrological, yeah. um, is a little bit more work than like yeah. tarot's come Tarot felt like a lot of work and then all of a sudden it clicked one day and I was like, Oh, I can do this. This is yeah. Like I'm very apt to it now. And so, um, I think when I read tarot from people, they trust, if they feel they resonate with mm-hmm. them, they trust mm-hmm. you. Um, what deck do you use by the way? I just learned about like the different types oh, yeah. of decks yesterday. I use the Rider Waite, which okay. is the like original, like, um, kind of iconography and stuff like okay, that. So that's the one with like the swords, the pinnacles, mm-hmm. yeah. everything. Okay. Um, I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's been my, um, and I like the feel of my cards now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've done, I've read like the mother peace book is an incredible book. Yeah. I don't use that deck, but like the book is amazing. Um, I've read stuff by like Alistair Crawley. And then also like, you know, like I said, Lindsay Mack does all these like amazing online podcasts and courses. And so there's, there's so many, the thing about tarot is that there's so many different voices that you can listen to and kind of build your own iconography of like what all of it means. Like, yes, there's a base level for it, but like you need to understand, like it's more about um, how you interpret these things. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I really like about it. Right. Um, 
but yeah, so the, the astrological calendar will come out soon and um, we're going for our first proof of it. And it's that's so really exciting. Good. So Thanks. it's going to come out in the fall of this year. Yeah. So uh, we should have it in about two weeks. Awesome. And, and where can people get it? Um, right now you can get it through my website and through Nicole's website, Iris Iris, but, um, my friend in Austin is going to carry it. And then we've already talked to like, uh, LACMA in LA, the like, Los Angeles County Museum and a couple of other places have showed interest in it based on the work that I've presented to them in the past. So like, we're hoping that it'll end up in one of those things. Yeah. Um, my goal is to go through our first printing of 250 and then have to reprint it. That's the... Mm-hmm. That's my little goal. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. It's, yeah. it looks beautiful. It's really for, I don't think there's anything else really like it. It's really for everybody. It's not, you don't have to have any sort of knowledge. We have two pages at the beginning that are all about like planetary phases, the moons mm-hmm. it gives you like a base knowledge. One of the things that I've noticed, like I, my role in whatever I'm doing is really about working with people who don't really have knowledge of, of something. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like the person that kind of like helps them a little bit. Like the hermit card in the tarot is really like a, an old man standing, like putting out a lantern. And yeah. sometimes that can be a card that's about, first of all, that's my, that rules over Virgo. I'm a Virgo. Uh, that's my year card. If you do numerology, uh-huh. but the hermit is really about like, it's either, it's about coming back to yourself and can be a seclusion card. Like if you keep pulling it over the year, like that whole year that I like wasn't dating and like right after my ex and I broke up, like I kept pulling my car and I was like, I get it. Don't go on a dating app. (laughs) Stay home. (laughs) Heal. Um, but it can also be a card about taking, understanding, like going on a path that is like a thoughtful way, taking each Mm. step that really is, um, it's not, it's not just about leaping forward. It's really about like taking up. It's like settling in like something new and like just maybe like you said, being by yourself, like reigniting whatever that thing is that you want to go for. And I think that's, you know, I'm not saying that everyone needs to go through the process that I went through in terms of like healing in terms of relationships, but like, I can honestly say I, I feel like not dating really anybody serious in the last almost three years has been mm-hmm. as much as it's been not the, not exactly what I want because I do want to meet someone. It's yeah. been an ultimate blessing because I not only changed patterning for like basically dating the same guy my entire life. Yeah. Um, but it's also helped me to like realize about like what I want moving forward to work on my business, to really like kind of change a lot of things that um, were either things I brought from a past life or just burdens that were put on for me from my parents or just mm-hmm. other stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like just continuing to move forward without really thinking about like, well, maybe I'm dating the same person over and over again. Like yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to give them motivation all the time. Like yeah. they should come correct. Um, so that's the type of thing. It's been, it's been a really good experience and now launch, so I'm launching a soap line as well and that'll come out, um, in the fall. What got you interested in doing the soap line? Um, one of the major things that I love is ritual, but I think that ritual can be done in a way that's not like you calling in the corners and like looking like you're from the craft. Like I don't yeah. need to like be that person, <laughs> even though that's lovely, you know, like 
it would be nice yeah. for like dance naked in a forest with a bunch of people. But yeah. I also think like the way I do my ritual is like, I love to take baths. So mm-hmm. I take a bath, my cats sit with me. They're always like watching what's going on oh. and then light a couple things. And yeah. then like that to me, manifestation and ritual comes from intent. Mm-hmm. So I like go through my journal. I write out what I want to do. You know, maybe I'll burn a piece of paper or maybe it's just like energetically pushing that in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. So one of the things about the soap line was it's really about instilling ritual and moving meditations. Cause I meditate, but I've also sometimes find it really hard to sit down and meditate. So like I didn't meditate for four months and then I like actually woke up the other day and I was like, I could sit. And then I sat for seven minutes and my cat really just wanted hugs. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give my cat some hugs. I don't, I don't have to finish these last three minutes. He, this is better for me. Yeah. So the first soap that's going to come out is a gratitude soap. Okay. And so basically the whole idea is that, you know, they have that whole thing where you wake up in the morning and you write down five things you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people have the best intention of starting something. And then three weeks later, they peter out and they like, don't run right there anymore. So the whole idea is you get up and as you wash your hands, you think about the the five things that you're grateful for. Mm. And so that's your ritual that you do every single morning. I love that. Thank you. And I that's think great. that ultimately, and then the second thing that's going to come out is a cord cutting soap. Okay. So, is uh, that like, you mean like you go like this cord cutting? Oh no, like cord cutting. Like, like cord energy. Cutting. Okay. Yes, I was like, wait, literally? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be great. There should be a cord running through it. So cord cutting is where, you know, you go throughout your day and you, every person you meet along the way or anything has energy. And so it's all attaching to you. So one of the things people say is that you're supposed to meditate at the end of the day, cut all the cords around you and bring your energy back to you. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of like, at the end of the day, you go take a shower and as you're washing yourself, you're thinking about what the cords that you're cutting. Yeah. And so it's a moving meditation that kind of brings it's with the same intent, but it's actually something that's practical and that people will, I think ultimately use. So that's, those are the two first two things. Mm -hmm. And so soap to me was a very low entry point into like doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I also think that, um, these are kind of my first two products in terms of like yeah. the first spiritual toolkit. And, so, and it's really like personal to you. Like yeah. it's something that you do yourself, your mm-hmm. ritual. So now you want to share that with everyone Completely. else. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm really excited about those. They kind of like came to me and I was just like, yeah, there's nothing like this. And I really want to do something like this. And I feel like too, like it's really, I think that just setting forth something you can do in the morning and something you can do in the evening. If you're not a spiritual person, but you are having some tough times coping with like, you know, there's a lot of depressive people. There's a lot of talk about like mental health now and like Mm -hmm. people falling into states of depression or anxiety Mm -hmm. and like just having someone get up in the morning. And like sometimes for some people getting up in the morning and thinking about five things you're grateful for is really hard. So thinking about, washing your hands. And even if you come up with two things that you're grateful for, it's something that you can kind of start your day off on a positive note because it's very easy to get up and look at your phone and just feel like, like, you know, it's all going to be end in a firestorm. Yeah. Do you do that thing? I try to do it for a few days where I like, I put my phone in the bathroom or another room and it wasn't like in the room where I was sleeping. And I was like, I can't, I have to like, have a have very a nice unhealthy day. relationship with yeah. my phone and I'm okay with it. I have accepted that yeah. I will check my phone at night. Yeah. I have accepted that 
I will stay up till five in the morning, like I did last night, talking to a new guy that I'm very interested in, like, <laughs> you know, that I will communicate with people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think it's really about being able to step outside of yourself and like, if this is who you are, it's not a problem. It's okay. Like, yeah. you know, I think that some people have, they need that sort of like, uh, oh, I spent a weekend away and no technology. And I think yeah. that works for some people. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't really need that. I can take moments for myself, but my passion is my work. Right. So the moments that I'm not working are the moments that I like to go to dinner with friends or go to the movies or like, I spent a lot of time lounging my bed. Yeah. On my phone, but like I spent a lot of time <laughs> with my cat in bed. Yeah. And that's how I like rejuvenate or I'll go get a massage or a pedicure. Or like I do a lot of like self healing and, and some, yeah. like self help stuff, but I don't necessarily need, it's more anxiety for me to like not read my emails because I'm going to come back and there's going to be 70 emails with people with urgency. And I'd rather yeah. feel like I'm on top of it. Right. Maybe that's a super Virgo anal thing, which yeah. is probably the case, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Whatever works for you. I mean, there's yeah. no right or wrong way to like yeah. deal with your phone. <laughs> yeah. I, I think though that there's this, people want to blame a lot of other things to the fact that like yeah. some people have no self-control and like can't yeah. interact with other people. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of things that felt really uncomfortable at the beginning in terms of yeah. social media and our phones that are just normal now. It's like dating. Mm-hmm. Dating felt really weird when you were like, oh, I'm on a dating app. And yeah. like, every, like, my brother yeah. is getting married to a girl he met on Tinder. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, good segue into Tinder or yeah. dating, online dating. Online we dating. do talk a lot about, not a lot, but a little bit about dating online. So, so yeah. Let's go into that a little bit. Are you dating right now? Are you still swiping right and left? <laughs> um, I am still swiping. Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. Are you still swiping? Are you still swiping? So I, after my ex and I broke up, mm-hmm. which was very sudden, you know, I thought he was going to get married to him. I thought all these other things. Yeah. And then he literally came home one day and was just like, I think I should move out. Mm-hmm. Without any warning, without like literally. Wow. Traumatic. Like, it was definitely traumatic in the sense of like you, I mean, we lived to, so this is kind of an interesting, we met on Instagram actually. Um, he was from Atlanta, Georgia. Interesting. We met on Instagram through talking through comments um, right after maybe right after uh, Thanksgiving in 2011. And the first time I ever met him was when he got off the plane and moved into my apartment two months later. Wait, what? So yeah. you were talking on Instagram for two we months? talked on Instagram. And then he came to visit you in no. New York? Oh. He moved. He, oh, you were like, I want you to live with me without um, meeting it him? It was basic. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I felt so very impulsive. I had like, this is the thing. My, my whole career is this really like plotting, meticulous thing. And then my whole romantic love life is like crazy shit. That yeah. is like it, but that's just how it works. Like when I like someone, yeah. like it just kind of like happens Yeah. because I go through these long periods where I don't really like, I go on a lot of dates, but I'm not really meeting anyone. I'm hoping that's going to change. But anyway, so we met and then we started Skyping and we had like, I just, he couldn't move. He worked for me after at the time and he couldn't get his time off and he didn't have a lot of money. So it was like, yeah, he got his transfer up here and then he just, he just moved yeah. and he got off. He's an Aries. So they're very impulsive. Mm-hmm. And he got off the plane. Now 
so there's this there's this intuitive reader I've been talking to for years and before you met him yeah and okay. she told me so I've been living in the same apartment never want to move you know, right talked about that yeah she told me in October she was like something's going to change with the living situation in February either you're moving or someone's moving into your apartment and I had been single for like quite a bit of time and I was like that seems so fucking weird mm-hmm. fast forward he moved into my apartment February 27th oh my gosh and I only remember that like years later so he like got off the plane and here he was and I was yeah. like all I remember thinking was he can always leave it's my apartment mm-hmm. I don't think he's a murderer you know like he's he's changing his whole life to be with me yeah so we lived together for almost four years and he we had always talked about getting married and having kids and then it just didn't happen. And, um, it was really hard at first because when that moment happens, I felt like my future was being destroyed. This future that I had like planned that we had talked about yeah, that you had like, um, dreamed about. Yeah. And then, you know, the next thought is like, I don't want to go on another dating app. I can't believe I'm 32. And I'm like, have to <laughs> go back out there. Yeah. And it had probably changed so much since you were like dating before. Right. So, and I, yeah, so many things. Yeah. But I think that, um, I had upon reflection, it was a blessing in disguise. There was a lot of things that I was not addressing as we all think when we're in a relationship. Um, and I'm very happy with Fine. Um, I'm very happy with ultimately what is happening now. Granted, would I like to meet someone? Of course. Um, but I think that the last, uh, three years have been this like really amazing resetting of what I want. I have a moon in Pisces in my sixth house, which Mm -hmm. is a very empathetic moon. I tend to date people who've had drug and alcohol problems Uh because I think they gravitate towards my, to my sense of stability. And also I have an ability to see potential and ambition in the best in people. And I think I present sort of like beautiful package in terms of like my life and like, we can do this and we can do that and you can do this. And I think that people can buy into that. They ultimately have to follow their own path. Right. If you haven't worked on any of your shit from your past, Mm -hmm. like it's going to catch up with you, you know, like, so I'm still going on dates and I've also taken such a lax approach to like, I go on a lot of dates. I probably, I started, so for all of 2016, I didn't really date. I went on four dates and I was just like, this is not right for me right now. Yeah. And then February of 2017, I was like, I'm going to like, I'm in it to win it. Yeah. You're like, this is me. This is me. Um, I had a lot of, uh, great change in terms of like my own approach to like my body and my sexuality and Mm -hmm. like really like owning like who I was and, Mm -hmm. and what I looked like. And, you know, I never really like a lot of the insecurities that I had have really like gone away which is like a really wonderful thing yeah um and a lot of that came from like really just not giving a fuck you know like going on these dates and being like I just a lot of what's happening is like I just don't find people that I like on yeah like or just in general like I'm looking for a specific person yeah you know let's put that person out there let's talk about who you're looking for yeah maybe they're listening I just, you know, I feel like what I'm actually looking for is really not that extraordinary. It's, yeah. it's really somebody who's supportive and kind and, you know, career has a career like who want 
who ultimately like wants to be in a relationship and have get married and have yeah. kids eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of guys are like, Oh, I'm just looking for something casual. And I, yeah. I just started thinking like, and this was very recent being like, I don't do anything casual in my life. And I don't have casual relationships. When you're friends with me or you know me, like you get birthday cards for me, you yeah. get things for me. Like there's, there's a relationship that fun. So why would I, why? Would, and also like, I'm, busy like why am I going to like <laughs> go out on these superfluous dates yeah. with these guys and right. give my energy to them and be their you know fucking sounding board to listen to their bullshit if like they're not offering me anything I was talking yeah. to this guy recently and this is what he said he said oh I'm not really relationship oriented I'm not really I'm I'm trying to look for something casual right now yeah and then he, and then in the same breath he goes yeah and like my my career is like not my main focus you know I'm just like getting, making money to pay the bills. And I just thought like, so what are you offering? Yeah. Like you're so literally what are your offering, priorities? what are like, your priorities? Like you, you sound like a real catch. You're like, right. yeah. I'm like, are you just like, it's really easy in New York to have sex. Yeah. It's not hard. No. It's just about finding, it's literally like, there's tons of people to do that with. Right. So I'm looking for a deeper connection with someone because, you know, that's ultimately going to help me to move forward. I think. Yeah. And what I've found too, and this is something that I had to like move through, which I wasn't always upfront with is just like telling people what I wanted early on and meeting them and not being afraid that they were like, yeah, that's not for me, you know, because I'd rather be like, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I don't want than to put a lot of energy into someone that's just going to tell me in a month or two months that they're like, focused on their career or whatever. I'm like super like you will hear within the first conversation, I will tell you that like, are you interested in getting married? Cause also at this point, like how old are you? 30, 30. Okay. So it's like, you know, I'm going to be 35. If I'm talking to a man who's 43 years old, like either he's been married and has a kid already, which like maybe he's open to having more or he knows that he's 40 at 43, if he wants to have a kid or not. So mm-hmm. I have to go into this. I'm not looking to change anyone's opinion on that. Yeah. You know, like I think that as you get older, even at 30 years old, like maybe there's like a wishy-washy thing, but like as yeah. you get older, it's like, yeah, 43 year old man knows yeah. what he wants. Yeah. If he wants children, or not especially. So like if you're a woman, and you want that, why would you A, give that up for somebody no, and B, yeah. like try to manipulate someone into like getting in that situation? I'm just very upfront. I'm like, oh, you don't want that? We don't want the same things. So right. Totally cool. Yeah. You know, um, right now I'm, I went talking to two different guys a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. which <laughs> was, I, there's one of them that I really liked. Yeah he was 46 and I realized from having like one day and having all this conversation with him that like maturity and ghosting like knows no age. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like a real person and we had such a great time and like, he still like dropped off the face of the earth and then he would like text me like a week later and be like, Hey, what's up? But like no plans for whatever this is. And I was Uh like, what are you doing? Like, what is the point of this? Like, right. And then he's like, oh, I'm just really busy. And I'm like, so you don't even have time. Like, I think that he was dating somebody, which is whatever. Yeah. But, like, even if you're not, you don't even have time for whatever this could be. Mm-hmm. And, like, instead of – I just felt like, wow, you're going to be 47 and you can't even just 
send me a message to say like, yeah, I'm not interested ghosting, or whatever. And ghosting, I think, is just like a sign that someone doesn't know how to communicate. Like yes. they either like yeah. know how to say that what they do and don't want, or they just can't say anything at all. So they just ghost. You know? Which I think ultimately brings back to the point that I wouldn't want that anyway. Yeah, I think that that's sometimes. I think a lot of the discussion with women and dating apps and when they feel they're allowing this person that they don't even know affect how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Like just, so you met someone and they're not that interested in you. It's, that's fine. You're not interested in any of a a ton of people either. And I often think like, if you want to be in a relationship, you can find someone to be in a relationship with. It's about finding the right person for you. Yeah. And I think that you have to come to it from, you have to be okay. One of the things that I found in the last three years was like, I am okay with being single. There are weekends where I like go to my coffee shop and I like do my work and I read my book and I like do everything by myself. And then yes, would it be great to have companionship? My ex yeah. and I spent every waking moment together mm-hmm. and it was awesome. He was like my best friend, but ultimately I don't need to like get into a shitty relationship just so that like I have someone to go brunch, to go brunch with, <laughs> yeah. you know, like and I think a right. lot of women, fall into that for whatever that is for fear of being alone or what their age is or whatever. I'm putting it out there. Anyone I'm not on Tinder, but (laughs) I guess you can DM me on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm often like, the funny thing is that like, and I go to like, you know, there are readers that I go to a wide variety yeah, and every one of them is like, you're never going to meet anyone on a dating app. That's not how you're going to meet your person. And so I hear that and I'm like, you know what? I stay on the dating app because it enables me to be open. It's enabled me to like feel good about my body and myself because I've, you know, as someone who, as a woman who's like curvy, it can be kind of, you grow up with this sort of like very thin mindset of what Mm -hmm. your body should be. And I am grateful and also excited for people who are younger than me who are growing up in a more inclusionary environment because mm-hmm. I didn't really have that. Yeah. So, and also like, as you get older, you realize like, Oh, like men are, they're interested in, in me and my body type and things like that. I didn't really have that as like being in high school and, and those types of things. Like it just didn't feel like that was okay. Yeah. Um, and maybe part of that is from like my own, family history or like other things or whatever. But yeah. now it just feels like I feel more of myself. It's like Stella got to yeah. kind of. Oh, thing. yes. Yes. I haven't seen that movie, but I know exactly what you said. You know, it's that vibe. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're like feeling yourself. Yeah. You're feeling yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime we can quote Beyonce, we're yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but it's that sort of thing where I'm like, and that, that has only happened from actually just like literally going out with dudes and just being like, yeah, yeah, I think you should put yourself out there. It would I be should. really, I should, I think just go into it. You're 30 years old, just going in. You have, okay. which app do you recommend? Cause I'm over Tinder. I was like, I can't. Tinder, okay. So this is the thing I've been on all of them. Okay. Tinder. Nobody talks to each other. I don't yeah. understand what has happened on that app. And it's not even just because everyone's looking for sex. Like, first of all, every photo from a man is blurry on there. And yeah. like, it's just like bad profiles. Yeah. Whatever. And also I find that like nobody responds or talks. Yeah. I've been on Bumble, which okay, Bumble. Bumble I find has the best looking guys. Okay. And 
And I'm also on OkCupid. So that's how I met this guy that I'm going out with tomorrow. Okay. That I'm pretty stoked on. Um, they don't have the best looking guys, mm-hmm. but there's like some gems in there. There's some gems, but you also have to like write more about yourself, which right? I like too. So you yeah. learn a little bit more, like if it's your questions and right. like, there's a little bit more profile. Stuff. Yeah. There's a little bit more substance to like sharing who you are and what exactly. you're looking for. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, I've been on, I'm Jewish. So I've been on J date. Not a good vibe. Not, not a fan. <laughs> What's happening on that? App? Gosh. Um, and then I'm on this app called Raya, which is like you have to like apply and get into. Yeah. So I'm on it. Literally nothing has happened. Yeah. People don't talk to each other. They're it's like giving, a magazine, right? Like it's a magazine, and also they're like giving me people who are because I guess their pool must not be that big. Yeah. Some dude who lives in Spain. Some other dude that lives in like Kansas City, and I'm like, how does this help me right now? Yeah. You're like, like I don't care. Yeah. And how I come across some weird celebrities where I'm like, sure, but they're not going to be interested in me, like, or or they're just I don't want to be Zach Braff. Like, no thanks. <laughs> Wait, is that the guy from Scrubs. Disney Channel? Oh, Scrubs, yeah. And Garden State. But it's, it's that sort of, like, I, also, I don't like anything where you have to apply for some sort of, like, I just think that's super. Yeah, it's like a membership. Yeah, like, it's like Soho House. It just feels, like, yeah. very, like, snobby. Yeah. So, I would say Bumble. You should start with Bumble, and you should maybe do OkCupid if you want, like, a more depth. Mm-hmm. Um Someone was telling me that Plenty of Fish is getting a lot of traction. I don't know. I've never okay. really heard of anyone getting on that. There's that one that's Coffee and a Bagel where you, like, mm-hmm. actually set up dates. I've tried a bunch of them. What I found is, A, most people are on all of them. So, like, thinking that, like, Tinder is for hooking up and this is for this. Yeah. Like, most people are on a lot of different ones, so it doesn't yeah. matter. And I think the other thing is that I have found that the most responsive group of people is OkCupid and Bumble. It hasn't, you have to think about the places that have the most active community and like those apps to me have active communities. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that I can honestly say I have probably been on close to a hundred dates this past year. Holy crap. That's like a date every like two or three days, right? hundred days. I don't know. It's a lot. Maybe it's less. I mean, I've gone where like I've gone on like at least in two days. Yeah, at least a day a week. Yeah, minimum. Yeah, I've gone on a lot. I, I'm in it to win. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> right now I'm uh, striving. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like it's been a good experience for me. I've yeah. taken in a lot of. Um, you learn a lot about yourself too from yes. dating, what you want and what you don't want. Definitely. Yeah, I've been on some really shitty ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on some ones that were just like very mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and also like how to go on a date with someone like the guy I'm interested in who I'm going out with tomorrow night, we're going to dinner, which I don't normally do that. Mm-hmm. Normally it's like as a first date. Yeah. Normally okay. it's a drink. Yeah. You know, you go have a drink. Right. But I have a good vibe. Yeah. And I'll if get, you have a good rapport, like going right. back and forth, then it's something that they're like, do you want to go out to dinner? Yeah. I would totally say, yeah. My favorite is when you like go out with someone and then they drop these like bombs on you that are just like, like I went out with a guy who like, I knew he had two kids, but then like, as we were going on this date, he like mm-hmm. basically told me he was unemployed. Then basically told me he lived with his mother. Oh, and gosh. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to eat my ice cream. And like, why well, need to get yeah. going from this like, situation? This isn't, your priority. Mm, yeah. <laughs> or it shouldn't be. <laughs> There's a lot going on in your life right now. You need to like, why are we here? Yeah. I had a friend who went on a date. 
And she told me that she went out with this guy for the whole date. And at the end of it, he basically told her that he lived in his van. He was homeless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, He's basically saying, so I'm homeless. Yeah. I'm homeless. Do you want to come back to my van? Right. So there's, so what does that mean? <laughs> He's like, I'm really looking for somewhere to stay tonight. <laughs> One of the major things that I, I, I'm just like, I have rules that I go into things like, no, I'm not going to meet you in three hours. Yeah. I'm not available for you right now. Um, we have to have some conversation. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't want to waste. I have to like waste going on a date where you're basically going to tell me like, Oh, I just got out of something really serious and I want something casual. Yeah. Or like you've had no conversation. So like I did that once. Uh-huh. And I walked out of the date. Or like, this has happened to me. This is a long time ago. I went on a date with a guy. He picked the place. We get there. The bill comes. Mm. And it's cash only. And he doesn't have cash. So, I, of course, I'm like, well, do you... I mean, I didn't know what to do. I was like, do you want me to pay for half or spot you? Mm-hmm. And he's like... He's like, are you sure I can go to the ATM? And I was like, I was like, do you pay for the whole thing? Yeah. I paid for the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I know. What the, that's a freeloader. Yeah. That's a freeloader. Right. Or like this he was trying, thing. he was trying to like prove, maybe make a point that he wasn't into it, but like either way. No. This yeah. Was, so I had a similar thing happen. Not, not as bad as that. That's yeah, shitty. That's, that's super shitty. That's bad. Right? But like, I was talking to this one guy and I had like a moment where I was like, turns out like he, he had an office in my office building for three years. Mm-hmm. And so I was, this is, you know, I'm always looking for signs, you know, the universe yeah. is providing. And I, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, Oh, this is, this is something I've never seen him before, but he's like an adult and He's an adult. I'm putting in quotes. Yeah, he's so, over 40. Maybe. He's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, now we're just going with age. Yeah. He had a dog, you know, in a long place. We decided like, oh, let's just go up for dinner. Whatever. He picked this restaurant. So then we show up to the restaurant and he shows up 45 minutes late. He got the time <sighs> wrong. And I'm like, dude, I'm already like fucking here. So I like show up and I could already tell this is actually a funny story. I can already tell, like I already was not into it. He was like from Long Island. Like, "Mm, it's not my jam. Um, not that all people from Long Island are bad, but it's just, he was not mine. Yeah. So we're talking, he orders two drinks. First of all, we start the, the food is kind of like a little bit more like gastro y, like it's a little bit more complicated. And he picked the restaurant. Each dish is like 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. He was like, Oh, what do you want? And I was like, well, I want this, charcuterie plate he was like oh i'm not gonna eat i don't like that i was like fine and then i was just like you pick whatever you want yeah it's like you pick the restaurant i'm letting you pick whatever you want like you should fucking fork over this bill so we eat the food he orders two drinks i don't order anything because i was on medication at the time i just had surgery and like he he asked me so this is like as the bills and we ordered dessert he doesn't, he was kind of rude to the waiter, which is also a thing that you just don't do. Yeah, that's a red flag. flag. That's a red flag. flag. If someone is rude to the wait staff or they're like a really picky eater. Yeah. No, it's it's, weird. It's it's not good. He asked me, this was just as like the Me Too movement was like, starting last last fall. Yeah. What I felt like about what was happening with Louis C.K. With the whole like jerking off. and And I was like, this is a really weird thing to ask somebody yeah. on a first date. 
I said, well, I don't feel like what he did was like Harvey Weinstein. He didn't rape anybody. But I think that at this point you have to kind of, you can't split hairs, you know, like there's a whole movement that's going on Mm -hmm. and what he did was wrong. And, you know, and was a, you know, a blatant abuse of power in terms of the way he was relating to women and like, yeah, should he lose his Netflix special and all these other things? Yeah, I think so for sure. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it wasn't like what, what that whole Aziz Ansari thing was, where it was like clearly just like she was delusional about what was going on in the situation. Yeah. And like, like not saying what she wanted and like blaming him for like the non being attracted non, to her. The you nonverbal know? social cues. That yeah. I thought that that was, and what I liked is that people called it out for what it was. Yeah. They didn't just back her because she was a woman and because we were getting swept up in this movement. Like if you don't want to like perform oral sex on him, then like, then don't. And when she said that she was uncomfortable, she immediately stopped and like got her a cab home. It's just because she thought it was going to be something. Yeah. Did he sound like a douchebag in it? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But like he wasn't, trying to do anything inappropriate with her. No. She went back to his apartment. Like, you know, you can say no, of course, but like, she never mentioned that she said no, or like, exactly. I, I it was don't always do like, that. he didn't see that I was uncomfortable. I was like, right. So what? But when you said you were uncomfortable, you said you got dressed and watched an episode of Seinfeld. So, <laughs> so I don't understand like, right. But you're like jumping on it. And then, you know, it just sucks for that sort of thing because it negates some of these other because then you start yeah. to split hairs with like, you know, with with Bill Cosby and some of these other things that were definitely inappropriate, you right. know, or horrible. Um, so anyway, so he brings up this Lucy K thing, and I was just kind of like, what? and he didn't think it was a big deal. And I was like, well, it's clearly an abuse of power, and I think that we're in this moment where you have to you have to address everything, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe if the whole like me too movement hadn't really started or we weren't having this, the Harvey Weinstein thing, which kind of exploded, which is Jupiter and Scorpio would not change. Um, we maybe wouldn't have had, it wouldn't have been such a plummet in destruction, but then the whole Kevin Spacey, you know, but I was just like, why is this dude bringing this up to me? Like, are you testing me? Like, I don't understand. Like, and he's like, my friends don't think it's a big deal. And I was like, we're on a different page here. Right. I already feel this check comes. He does, he had two drinks, doesn't offer to pay for his own drinks. We split the bill and I was just like, well, that was just like, if you don't have the money to pay, like for a gastropub, is that like you picked? Yeah. 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 Just like, or say like, oh, let's just go get a slice of pizza or let's go get a fucking beer. Like, but why did you pick this restaurant? And then you order all this food and then you want us to split it Mm -hmm. and your dick. Mm Mm-hmm. These men. Yeah. And I'm like, you're 42. Yeah. 42. What, what would guys do if like, we were like, actually, I'm not splitting anything with you. This is your date that you asked me on and you should be paying for it. Like, I wonder what they would say. I, like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, like my story is like, I was just being like accommodating. I was like looking at the waiter, looking at him, like, what are you doing? Like, are you going to go to the ATM? Like, so and he I was like, never moved to get up? No. He was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, do you mind? Is it okay? And I was like. And he never offered to go get money afterwards? And get yeah. No. It? No. It was horrible. Anyway, this was years and years ago. But I know, so. but still, you're kind of like, what, do I need Venmo around to, for you actually to pay for half the bill? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Anyways. Well, I hope if you go back on the dating app. Yeah, we'll see. You set, you know, set the bar from the beginning. Yeah. Um, when I go out with this guy tomorrow night, he will be paying for the bill. Yeah. Because I will not be going for my credit. No, I always do. You always offer, oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Are you sure? okay. oh, yeah. Yeah. You like paw at your bag. Yeah. That's yeah. like the one, that's something that, I feel like some, there are probably some women out there that like, don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, I'll pay. And I don't care, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just not one of those people. Like I want someone to offer to pay. It's like, it's nice. It's gentlemanly. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. And I do think like, I am such a generous person when it comes to monetarily, emotionally, all of the intellectually, when I'm with someone Mm -hmm. that I feel like at the beginning, you can, I feel like guys, and maybe this is, they tend to get complacent. Yeah. And if you don't set up this sort of structure for them at the beginning, they can sometimes like, just feel like they don't have to do anything in that sort of mindset. Yeah. So true. Which is just oh sucks. Gosh. Cause it's like, yeah. why, why do I have to have that sort of idea, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. Yeah. I want to be treated like a lady. Yeah. You should be treated like a lady. Thank you. You are a fine lady. A fine lady. Who deserves to get her dinner paid for. Exactly. I can go eat Joe's pizza. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's pizza is amazing. Yeah. I'll buy you a beer later on if I'm feeling generous. We'll go eat some Joe's pizza. It'll be like romantic. It'll be like, you know, part of Pretty Woman when they're like getting to know each other in that montage and they're eating pizza together. Yeah. Or maybe they're eating hamburgers. Something like that. It doesn't matter, but yeah. yeah, no. Um, but I am transparent just on the side note. I am transparent about stuff because what I, on my social media, because I was just running it, seeing these like profiles and having these conversations that were so objectifying. And I'm just like, is anyone else seeing this? Like, this yeah. is insane. Um, and it's yeah. funny because after building this business for so long and like, really focusing so much on the content, the things that have gotten the most reaction are my right or my profile, like putting up stuff on social media apps and also like literally watching bad music videos and bad television and commenting over it. Like watching say yes to the dress. Like I literally get the most responses from when I like on your story. Yeah. On my Instagram stories or even on Facebook. Um, then I do about like, getting on Beyonce or like doing like working with like Vogue or being at the Vogue office. Like that was like, Oh yeah, that's good. No one responded to that. Mm-hmm. But me like commenting on say yes to the dress was like, ah, ha, ha, that's the best thing. You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is what I, this, I think it feeds into people's need for like escapism and pop culture. Right. And it's relatable. Yeah. It's totally relatable because everything that you're saying, probably other people have thought about those scenes or that movie right. or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, what I hope through the social, what I hope through the dating is to really like, I want people to have the same level of like, irrele- like irreverence for the whole process yeah. Yeah. opposed to feeling like they don't have any control over it. Right. And just to be like, this is an empowering experience for you. Mm-hmm. It's okay. When you don't like someone, it's also okay. If you go out with someone and they don't like you back, mm-hmm. that's fine too. And it doesn't, it shouldn't be this detrimental thing to your self esteem or to who you are as a person. Right. Okay. Well, I think we should wrap it up, but sure. this was amazing. This <laughs> is like so fun talking oh, to you. Yeah, <laughs> 
And once I can, more, I can be really chatty. Yeah, you can be really chatty, but it's always good. So once more, where can people find you? Um, you can find me uh, on Instagram at the Shiny Squirrel. You can find my website, it's theshinysquirrel.com. You can find me on Twitter, which is just Shiny Squirrel. Not there's no the, but Google it. There's no other Shiny Squirrel out there. Yeah. Um, those are the major platforms I use. Uh, I use Facebook, and then also Spiritual Toolkit. Start with the. You can find that there. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I'm just some lurking in the shadows. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you. Bye. It's one guy. They're both. So I, I'm a huge fan of massage. I get them like maybe once a week, once um, every other week. Usually I'll go to like a very hourly place. Yeah. That's reputable. There's a place down in Chinatown. That's amazing. Um, the name is not coming to me, but it's also really fantastic, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's very cheap and it's, but it's the most bare bones place you'll ever like they're literally wiping you down with like a paper towel oh my god <laughs> but they're really good yeah so you're just kind of like i'm gonna get naked in this weird room in a basement sure you're like hey, I we're, we're doing this <laughs> we're, we're doing this i have nothing to lose right now except my like dignity and yeah my kidney or something yeah um but i found this one guy mm-hmm. i love thai massage mm-hmm. um is that the one where they really do like the knuckle massage so they also step on you and it's, it's a lot more movement so it's it's on okay. the floor and they like twist you it's a lot of stretching mm-hmm. so i've had them in la has a lot of them because there's a lot of there's a huge thai population there yeah and i've also been to thailand and so i had a lot of like i had massage every day there and i was like this is the most amazing place to learn amazing they were like five dollars so oh my gosh yeah so I, I <laughs> yeah. So I uh, looked up time massage. Of course, in New York they're like two hundred dollars. But there's this guy. I believe it's like Wolf or something. Like he had like a good name, and I, I remember I it was like in a nondescript building on like fifty fourth, and he had like a high rating and a good Yelp review. So I was like, I'm not gonna get like mugged and raped in this place. It's legit. <laughs> to it is. Yeah, no, it is legit. But it's like, huh? Okay. So I like went into this office and he's like a, like probably early fifties, like burly man who looks like he like lives in the mountains. And I was like, okay. Well, yeah, I know. And I was like, am I the only person in this office? You're like, where's the, uh, the door is yeah. unlocked, right? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, unlocked. No. And he did make me feel really comfortable. So I was like, okay, he's going to be fine. His name's like Hans or something like that. So I go in and like time massage is like where it's a mat on the floor. And it's kind of like a, it's like a room, like this size, like small, mm-hmm. it's this size. And there's just all of these musical instruments. And like, I felt like I was going into like some weird psychotropic or like psychedelic den in like the seventies. Yeah. So I'm laying on this mat and he basically like moves your body all around. He like moves your legs. He like what he cleans your feet first, which is like a very like slightly sensual thing. Yeah. It's and, a little like, erotic. It was, it's a little Definitely. <laughs> ironic um when i was like just go with it jessica you're gonna be fine um i was like maybe i'm into this i don't know and so then he like he does this whole thing and he's moving you all around and like 
you just have to like really go with it. And then he, but the music he was playing, he was playing like Credence, Clearwater Revival, and like some like sitar music in the seventies. And then some like there was some some like Aretha Franklin in there. And I yeah. just remember laying back and thinking, this is one of the best moments of my whole life. Yeah, like I'm getting massaged. I feel like I'm being transported to another. I feel like I'm on drugs. Like and I've never done drugs. It was just an incredible experience and I felt really amazing afterwards yeah it's also like I guess maybe that experience where you know it's new someone is like I don't know like I don't know if this is like too sexual but like sometimes it just feels good to like have someone say like okay this is what I want you to do and like you don't have to think and it's like yeah you were being handled handled. (laughs) and I was I was totally fine with it. It was like I was like, you know what? He's gonna make me feel really good. Yeah. And then I'm, and then I'm gonna pay him. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So that was a really good massage. And then I have really, I go to acupuncture uh, twice yeah. a month by this amazing woman in Williamsburg. Her name is Sherry Chang. Sherry she's Chang. like our age and she does herbs and um, she's based on Grand Street between Wyeth and Kent, like near Sprout Home and. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found her on Facebook and I've been going, not Facebook, on Google and I've been going to her for like three years and she like helped my hip. I, I sit a lot and I tr- I work out a few times a week, but I find that it's hard to just like be mobile all yeah. the time. There's parts of your body that you can't stretch or work out like by moving. Like sometimes it takes someone yeah. to like manipulate a muscle or Definitely. something like that. And I do think that like not everyone is meant to be, like I have really flexible hips but like my calves and like my hamstrings are just mm-hmm. like I wanted to start running and I'm trying but I literally am getting these horrible pains in my calves I don't know mm-hmm. so I went to this guy I found him online and he was a sports massage guy also similar like he was younger he's like our age and um he was really awesome yeah <laughs> but it was really like so you're naked on this table and I don't care about being like, I've yeah. traveled over the world. I've been to like a million bathhouses, like in Turkey and Morocco. Like I don't really care about being naked. Yeah. So, but with him, it was like, we're talking about like dating on Tinder and he's like massaging my yeah. butt. And I was just like, huh, like that's a little bit weird. Yeah. But then he had a girlfriend, so I didn't feel like super weird about it. Mm-hmm. But then, <laughs> my God. so then I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's super professional. I get off the table. He's wearing like a Lycra onesie with like a fanny pack that he had the, his like cream in. And I was like, I don't have to worry. Not interested yeah. at all. <laughs> this was kind of just like, I was like, oh, I don't care about okay, this guy. So you got into the position and you didn't see what this gentleman no, looked like. And then I told you. Yeah. Oh, wow. He was like a good looking guy. He had a great yeah. body because yeah. he was like a trainer before this and great sports massage. So he like did a lot with like muscles okay. and stuff. But I was like, you know, it's just like, you're naked. There's a vulnerability there. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't really care. But then I got off and I saw that. And I was like, well, we're fine. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, yeah, onesie, not into it. <laughs> totally not into it. We can talk about tenure some more in dating. Yeah. Like, oh, dude. Yeah.